I think we're going to find out. Today could be a really pivotal day in the dispute between the provincial government and education workers, because I think today's probably the last chance that they have at arriving at some sort of a deal. But I also think as we arrive at Friday and the possibility of work stoppage, that you know, public opinion is kind of crystallizing. And you see, a lot of parents are actually quite sympathetic with the education workers, especially if you've got somebody who's working with your kids one-on-one or in small groups. But if if you actually have those workers in your life and your child's life, then you probably are pretty sympathetic to their needs and demands. Um, But at the same time, there's also a certain crystallizing public opinion of, hey, everybody, life is miserable for all of us. So, you know, just join us in our misery. Then you get to the business in Ottawa of this ongoing judicial inquiry to establish whether or not the cabinet and the government did the right thing or had justification to invoke the Emergencies Act. Watching yesterday's testimony as various organizers from the convoy protests were questioned, Marika Walsh from the Globe and Mail. It's nice to have you. Good morning. Good morning, John. So, I mean, I think we learned a few things yesterday. One was there was a certain sort of lack of cohesion to the convoy protesters. It wasn't a monolithic thing. A lot of these people, you know, believed in the same things, but it just sort of came together in a matter of days. And next thing you know, they were rolling toward Ottawa. Absolutely. It's actually amazing how uh, disorganized they were, and yet the chaos that was (laughs) able to come from it. Essentially, they seem to say that they just use their TikTok and Facebook followings to rile people up and to get them going to join the convoy. Um, Chris Barber described himself as an internet troll who had had garnered a large following um, ahead of the convoy, and it, it skyrocketed during the convoy. Okay, so that diffuseness, I guess we could say, also led to you know, not necessarily rivalries, but I mean, there were, there were enormous disagreements about what they wanted and how they were going to achieve it. Yeah, disagreements on that. And I would say almost factions, depending on sort of which group um, or which convoy the leaders came to Ottawa with, it can sort of loosely be broken down around that. And, and also sort of rivalries between the people who initially came up with the idea and then the people that more thoroughly executed it maybe or took over in its execution there were rivalries over how much money should be handed out in envelopes of cash to the truck drivers who were parked on the streets so you know this was not a a well-oiled machine but it was a machine of highly motivated extremely angry people Well, and I could see, Marika, how yesterday's testimony, and certainly today promises to be interesting with Pat King being questioned, Mm -hmm. but it either bolsters or undermines the government's uh, actions, because if they were disorganized and there were violent people amongst them, but they weren't all violent, then you could say that the government had the right to break it up. But you could also argue, how much of a threat can you be if you can't even call a meeting and decide on what you're doing? (laughs) Absolutely. And the more I hear from this inquiry, the more complicated I think it gets and the less I envy Commissioner Paul Rouleau, who has to who has to make sense of all of this. I think some key points that we learned yesterday that are relevant to that is that the other convoy leaders were aware, for example, of the violent comments from Pat King and documented evidence shows that they they decided to keep him in the fold because they didn't want to lose his following of supporters. So, you know, when one of the people is saying, 
you know, suggesting bullets will fly or, or Prime Minister Justin Trudeau will catch a bullet and the rest of the government, someone's coming for you. It's like, those are kind of the comments that were out there. And ultimately, the convoy leaders did distance themselves from him. But it was at the very tail end of it when it was sort of going, when it was, you know, going to be ended by police or, or shortly after it was ended by police. So there are issues like that. Then in terms of the police operation, I think there's more questions now for the OPP who were highly critical of the Ottawa police for not, you know, avoiding this, believing that the intelligence report from the OPP could have avoided it. But we heard very clearly yesterday that the OPP picked up an escort at the Manitoba border with a convoy and brought the convoy straight to Ottawa. So, you know, essentially these protesters had a police escort from the Manitoba border to Wellington Street in Ottawa, where they set up shop. Marika, thank you very much. Today certainly promises to be uh, captivating. I'll look forward to talking with you again. Thanks so much, John.